Good morning. When I was thinking about becoming a Christian, and I was thinking about it for a very long time, there was two questions in my mind which was holding me back. And maybe there's someone here this morning that has these same questions. The first question was, I just don't think I'm good enough. The second question was, I'll never be able to keep it up. Is anyone here this morning thinking like that? I'm just not good enough to do this. I just can't do this. And I'll never be able to keep it up. So sit at the back, don't get involved, keep your head down, and one day maybe I'll be good enough, and maybe I'll be strong enough. I've completely misunderstood three things, three things that I was aware of, but I didn't understand what they meant for my own life. And that's another thing that happens with Christianity, is we understand things that Jesus did, but we don't understand what they mean to us. So I understood that Jesus died for me on the cross to forgive my sins. I understood that Jesus rose from the dead and was alive today. And I understood that God had given his spirit. And although I believed these things as facts, I didn't think they related to my questions. Isn't that interesting? Does that happen to you as well? But you don't apply the word to your life. So I'm not good enough. God knows that. That's why he sent his son to die for me. And I'm not disqualified because I mess up. I blow it from time to time. I'm still invited to follow him. And Jesus is alive. That means he's, he's, he is someone I can talk to today about whatever. These questions I was... I was Having a discussion with myself, I think, about it. You know, that's the worst one, isn't it? You, know, you have your questions, but you don't talk to anybody. You don't talk to God about it. You don't talk to another person about it. So you just have this internal dialogue, and you don't make any progress. Does that happen? Does anyone relate to that? And, and so, Jesus is there. He's alive. He's in heaven. But I'm not talking to him about my questions. And then he's given his spirit to help us to do what we cannot do for ourselves. Now, the disciples, they were just learning that too. <laughs> because one of them has just been told by Jesus that he is going to deny Jesus three times before the cock crows. 
They're all going to desert Jesus. They're full of questions. Thomas, we don't know where you're going. Philip, show us the Father. So can you see the picture? They're just like us. They've got all their questions. They've got an awareness of their own failures. And now it gets even worse because Jesus has just said to them, I'm going They get really stressed out. And that's where we pick up the reading from John 14. And from verse 15, he said to them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I go there to prepare a place for you. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then in verse, that was last week's message. This week it's from verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And then Judas, not Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. And anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And all this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Lord, I thank you that you are the greatest teacher. And I thank you that through the Holy Spirit, you can teach this morning through this word to this This group of hungry people who desperately need to be fed by life-changing truth. And I pray that you will not only point us to the facts, 
but that you'll help us to apply into our own experience these truths that we will hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to speak on the text, verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Orphans. It's such a confusing thing that Jesus said. He said, I'm leaving you, but I'm not leaving you. (laughs) I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you in a little while, but I'm not really leaving you. And this had never happened in the history of the world before, so you can understand why they were confused. We know, and this is going to be helpful for for those who don't know the, the big picture of the Bible, we know that on the day of Pentecost, the one who denied Jesus three times preached and taught the people with the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was, was poured out on these disciples on the day of Pentecost, 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead. And where was Jesus when that happened? He was not there physically. He was back in heaven Just in case anyone doesn't know the story, he died on the cross, he rose from the dead on the third day, he then ascended to the throne of God at the right hand of the Father, and from that place, the Spirit was poured out on all these disciples, who then became apostles. And the difference between a disciple, a disciple is a follower of Jesus, an apostle is someone who's been sent by Jesus to tell others. That's all in the future, according to this reading. In this moment, in this evening, it's before Jesus has gone to the cross, and they are besides themselves with grief. An orphan is one whose parents, whose parents are dead. And there can be no greater sorrow than that. to not have your mum and dad around to guide you, to protect you, to help you. And I know there's people here today that lost parents at an early age, who lost parents recently in the last few weeks, and it is an unimaginable sorrow because they're not here anymore with us, present physically. And Jesus has been calling the disciples, my little children. He says, my little children, I I need to go to the cross. But the reason why he says, I will not leave you as orphans, is because he is not going to stay dead. Three days later, he comes back from the dead. He says in verse 19, because I live you also will live. He says that your grief 
will turn to joy. Your grief will turn to joy. He says, I need to go to the Father. Unless I go to the Father, you're not going to be able to do all the things I've called you to do. He says, I'm going to continue to be with you, but in a different way. But I'm not going to leave you. I will not leave you as orphans. And the second second point is, I will come to you. I will come to you. So how is Jesus going to come to them after he's left this earth and he's in heaven? How is he going to come? In verse 16, we have these words. That if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another friend. Let's call this word friend this morning. I think that's easier for us to understand. Father will give you another friend to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. And when when a parent dies, when when a really special person in our life dies, we really need a friend, don't we? And what a friend we have in Jesus. And he says, I will will come to you. I will come to you through the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is a person. person. Did you know that? That's why the bereavement that they felt would not be realized because a person who is not exactly the same as Jesus, but is, because he has a different role, but he is Everything that Jesus was to them, he will be for them. Isn't that the best news to a grief-stricken heart? That, that everything that this person was to you will be given to you. That's all they needed to know. And a person is given. How do we know that the Holy Spirit is a person? Because throughout Scripture, we hear In Ephesians 4, verse 30, that he can be grieved. He can be grieved. He can be lied to. We know that from the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts of the Apostles. And also that he is one that speaks. The Holy Spirit says, this is not an it, this is not a force, this is not a power, this is a person. 
a divine person, someone who is co-equal with the Father and the Son. In my shorter catechism that I learned as a child, that He is equal in substance and power and glory with the Father and the Son. God is one, but also three persons. Now, and there's people here today that have said to me in the last few weeks, will you explain the Trinity to me? And it's really, it's not possible. <laughs> it's to be believed, but not explained. But what we can see in this passage, something really interesting. Verse 17, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will live in you and will be with you. In verse 20, Jesus says that I will be in you. And in verse 23, Jesus says, my Father and I will come and make a home in your hearts. So what do we see there, friends? We see that the Holy Spirit will be in them, Jesus will be in them, and the Father will be in them. And that tells us that although the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son are all distinct, they have such a cooperation that, we, that they can be to us, the Holy Spirit can be to us what Jesus is. How does the Holy Spirit become received? I don't want you to wait to the end of the sermon for this because some of you have not received the Holy Spirit. If you trust in Jesus and He has died on the cross for your sins and you believe that and you trust in Him for forgiveness and for eternal life and you repent, repent means to turn away, to change your mind, to follow Jesus, not Satan, to repent, to turn around and to trust in what Jesus has done for you on the cross and ask Him into your life. He comes in by His Spirit. He, he dwells within. So that's who the Holy Spirit is. But the way that Jesus explains it is very important. He says, I will send to you another friend. Okay, I'm going to give you the original word now, paraclete. I will give you another paraclete. Another friend. The word another means one exactly the same. One who will be to you what the other has been. You know, if I go to a bookshop and I find this excellent book to read, and then I want my friend to also enjoy this book, but I also want to have this book, then I go back to the bookshop and I say, could you give me another one? And it's the same book. That's the sense of another, another paraclete. So what does this word paraclete mean? Well, do you know that in one of the most important passages in the, Old in the New Testament about grief, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And in that chapter, there's 10 times the word paraklesis is mentioned. 
and it's translated as comfort in that passage. That same word is used here to describe the Holy Spirit, the noun paraclete. It means someone who is called alongside, someone who stands alongside you. And I've got a picture at the moment of a funeral that I was at, a very important funeral in my life. And I can remember looking out and seeing my friend who drove up from Edinburgh standing there, standing with me in my grief. He came alongside me in the days after. He was a friend who stood alongside me in my grief and gave me encouragement, gave me comfort, gave me counsel, gave me consolation. That's what that word means. But Jesus is saying, I will give you another paraclete. What he's saying there is, I have been this person to you for three years. When you were rowing in the lake in the middle of the night and you cried out, we're going to drown, who came alongside them but Jesus? He was always rescuing them from danger. He was always teaching them. They, had to, they sat at his feet and he taught them. He was so special to them. He was their leader. He was their friend. He was, he was their hope. Peter had given up everything. He said, we've given up homes and businesses and everything to follow you. And your teaching, Jesus, is so challenging. And Jesus said, are you going to leave like everybody else? Because it's too difficult? Maybe some of you here this morning are thinking, I, I'm going to give up because it's too difficult. I can't do it. And Peter said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus was alongside them in all these experiences. And now he was leaving them, but he said, another one will come and be alongside you. And unless I go, it will not be to your advantage. In fact, you should be glad. You should be rejoicing that I am leaving. That must have been really hard to take. When they're grieving and he's saying, you should be rejoicing. Because the person I'm going to give to you is going to be even better than before. Is that possible? As Alistair just spoken, that misstep there? How can you be even better than Jesus? Well, in, in, in verse 13, 12 to 14 there, Jesus says, I'm going to do stuff after I've left you. I'm going to do things for you. In fact, you will do even greater things. Does that mean more impressive miracles? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean better teaching? No, it doesn't mean that. Well, what does it mean then? 
greater things. Greater things because Jesus was in his physical frame, was only able to see one person at a time. Whether it be the woman at the well, or whether it be Zacchaeus, or whether it be, he, he gave his focus, didn't he, to individuals. He gave his focus to the 12 disciples. Yes, he taught to the, the crowds, but when he was ministering, he was ministering to a small number of people. But now that the Holy Spirit has come, the Holy Spirit is unlimited because he's not limited by physically being in one person, Jesus. He can be right across the world today. As I'm teaching here today, the Holy Spirit is giving teaching in millions of churches right across the planet and all five continents at the same time. That's why it's greater things. And Jesus was with them for three years. The promise of this one is that he will be with you forever. Forever. I will never leave you. Never. Do you see how it's greater? Do you see how it's better? Do you see how it's so comforting? I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. It's very important for us to understand what the Holy Spirit does, but that is something I don't have time to do today because it is a, it would take me three hours. But I want to tell you one thing that the Holy Spirit does, which is emphasized in this passage. And it's something that I wrestled with all week. I try to understand why is this here five times in the passage. And five times in the passage is the theme of if you love me, you will obey my commands. That appears f five times in John 14. And then in the very last sentence, Jesus says that I love the Father and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me to do. So I take you back to my original problem as someone who wanted to follow Jesus, who loved Jesus, who was enthralled by everything I heard about Christianity, but sat at the back, didn't get involved, didn't speak to anyone, because I thought I won't be able to do it. And now Jesus is saying, if you love me, you will obey me. If you love me, you will obey me. Five times. So what does the Holy Spirit do? He teaches us. He teaches us. He gives us the enabling to apply this word to our hearts. For the original apostles, he reminded them of the things that Jesus taught so they could write it down for us in the Gospels. He inspired the Apostle Paul to write the letters and, and dealing with difficult life situations in different congregations. The Holy Spirit helped the Apostle Paul to write 
God's will for these congregations. And today we have the Word of God and the Spirit of God comes alongside us as we're reading it and helps us to apply it into our lives. It's the application. And that's why we mustn't... How did I, be, how did I make progress? It's because the Holy Spirit ultimately helped me with my questions. The Holy Spirit was speaking through a friend who showed me. And so, we can serve Jesus. We can do the will of Jesus. We can obey Jesus. We can express our love for Him because He is with us, because He will teach us, because He will prompt us and steer us and guide us. When we are going in the wrong way, he will, he will make us feel uncomfortable. And we'll say, what is that feeling? Is that guilt that I feel just now? Is it false guilt? Is it true guilt? What is the Scripture? What is it that, that I'm wrestling with? And the Holy Spirit has a way of, of speaking to our minds and to our hearts to teach us, to keep us on track. And our verse for the year is, remain in me. And that's John 15. And now we understand how that happens. That happens through staying close to Jesus each day in prayer, talking to Him, reading His Word, asking the Holy Spirit to teach us from His Word, and then giving us the strength and the courage to follow. What a transformation was coming for these disciples. They were troubled. They were distressed. They were afraid. But when the Holy Spirit came, they were completely transformed. They went on to lead a great revival. And the Holy Spirit is here for us today. Jesus is here for you today. Jesus wants to talk to you today. Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you today through the Holy Spirit. And He will come to you. He will... But will you, will you talk to Him? He is so gracious. He's just like Jesus. If you've got doubts about that, Acts chapter 16, verse 7 says the Spirit of Jesus. It was the Spirit of Jesus that, that guided us to go here rather than there. Could we have an increase in our lives of communication with God? Will you read this word not as a tick box religious activity, but as a relationship, 
and that you will read it slowly, that you will meditate on it. Come back tonight, Angus will share with us how to do that. And then these words get inside you, and then even when you wake up in the morning and you're thinking, this is the day ahead of me, Lord, have mercy, Lord, help me. I can't do this. And then the Spirit will speak into our minds even before we get out of bed and will give us a word for the day, a word that we maybe had read a week ago or a month ago or a year ago. He is our friend. If you you don't remember anything else, remember this. He is your friend. Do you know my... One of my mentors about 20 years ago said that to me, and I never knew where he got it from until yesterday. He used to say to me, I like to think of the Holy Spirit as as my friend. And this person was very close to God. Is the Holy Spirit someone that you would regard as a friend? Who, Who... who brings Jesus to you. That he he enables you to he represents Jesus to you. Jesus says, I will come to you through the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to pray now because this is about God truth and experience. So let's pray and then we'll, we'll praise. We're going we're gonna to finish on the song, There is a Redeemer. And it's a way of saying thank you. We had the offering today. We, we were challenged to think about the offering of our lives. I will offer up my life. And we, we gave the offering, the, the, the symbolic, if, if, you, if you're giving online, but also physical for those that gave cash this morning. And, and that maybe some of you were, were saying an amen to what Angus said is, I want to help Jesus. But the great thing is that God is going to help you to help his mission. God is at work in you. God is at work in you. So I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will come. So, Lord, we pray, thanking you for the love of the Father, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for all the provision you've made for us in dying on the cross. Thank you that although we are not good enough, you are good enough. And thank you for giving your Holy Spirit. And we just pray now for your Holy Spirit to come.
Just talk to him in silence. Talk to Jesus. Father, thank you that you are here today by your Spirit. And we pray for an increase in fellowship with you this year, this day. Thank you that we can continue to have this fellowship with you through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the help that you give us to serve you. Help us to get to know you better. And we just begin with gratitude now in praising you. In Jesus' name, amen.